Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Friday, November 4th. That means it's time to preview an exciting and kind of mysterious week nine slate because we can have a ton of teams on buys this week. We've got the Browns, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Giants, the Steelers, the 49ers. Oh, my God. That is a lot of crucial teams in fantasy football. So joining me to preview this mysterious slate is a first time, I believe first time co-host on the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It's Marvin Eloquin. He's been doing some awesome work for us on the site this year. And I was like, all right, enough already. Time to bring him on the pod. Let's go. Marvin, welcome to the show, buddy. How's it going? It's going well, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, this kind of feels like a full circle moment. You guys, you were talking earlier that, you know, I was on your guys' community show, uh, show on Sunday, right? The fantasy community show um, two years ago. And now I get to be here, you know, writing for you guys and and uh, chat some football for the next hour. So I'm pumped to be here. Hell yeah, man. Uh, no promises. I won't keep you longer than the hour, by the way. Uh, no promises. <laughs> That's fine. Um, also joining me, Dalton Del Don. Dalton, two times this week you get to talk to me, um, basically living your dream. What's up, guys? Yeah, it doesn't even feel like a week really worth talking about with the 49ers on by, but we'll power <laughs> through it. We'll, we'll get it done. We will get it done. All right, let's dive right into it. We, As we always do with these weekly previews, uh, I'll throw it to the guys to tell us the one thing they think is really, really important uh, about this individual game on you know either side of it. And of course, we'll just end up talking about the whole damn game. Anyways, we'll start with Chargers at Falcons, 49 and a half over under. Feels like this game could be a really interesting one for fantasy and potentially an exciting uh, back and forth affair. Marvin, what do the people need to know about this game? Yeah, I mean, without Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I think this could be the Gerald Everett week uh, where the Falcons are, you know, they're weak against the wide receiver position too, but also against the tight end position. They're 25th against fantasy tight ends. And uh, Gerald Everett has been a solid uh, streamer, even a starter if you've had him every single week uh, for uh, for the season so far. A top 12 tight end in four of seven weeks, averaging 6.4 opportunities per game, which isn't you know anything massive. But at the tight end position, that's actually a lot better than most guys you can grab off waivers right now. So if you have him, you know he needs to be in your lineup, especially with potentially the top two wide receivers out. He might just be the guy that Justin Herbert goes to uh, for this game. I love it. Uh, I have Gerald Everett as my starting tight end. I'm sort of platooning him and um, Greg Dulcich because I lost uh, David and Joku. So I feel pretty good about you saying that. So thanks. Appreciate it, Marvin. That's the point of the show is for you to come on here and make me feel better about my teams. Dalton, um, I don't have a lot of Josh Palmer teams because, you know, I have some feelings there. Uh, but regardless, you tell me about these other guys here in uh, L.A. that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, I know you're not a big Palmer fan, but I mean, he's just going to benefit here with Williams and Keenan Allen out. Also, Donald Parham, a possibly cheap DFS option if he's cleared to play here, because there's just there's just no options here with so with those the two main guys down. And uh, I promise not to bring up DVOA too much. I don't even love that stat to be honest, but it's a quick and dirty one. And over the last month, over the last month, the Falcons are last, dead last in DVOA um, defensively. So 
Um, it's a it's tied for the highest uh, over under uh, this matchup indoors. Um, so yeah, I mean Austin Eckler is going to catch a million passes, but any leftovers should theoretically go to Palmer, maybe a little DeAndre Carter, and certainly I agree with the Everett play. He's he's I think my third ranked tight end this week. Marvin, we talked about Cordero Patterson potentially coming back for this game uh, on the Stat Nerd Show yesterday. What are your expectations for Falcons running backs in this game against the Chargers defense that gives up the highest yards per carry in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it just makes things a little more complicated. It might be more of a, a you know, a three-back committee at this point, uh, which obviously, you know, doesn't help any of the fancy managers out there. But Cordero Patterson obviously has has that big playability. And so if they use him as a receiver, we know targets more valuable for for running backs in general for fantasy purposes. So he's the guy if he's there and he's healthy and he's active. I think you can play him as a flex option, but I think the floor is just going to be a little lower this time around with his first game back in a while. Yeah, he said he was about ninety percent. Um, I'll take ninety percent CPAT in this backfield that has for been sure. really good. Uh, you know, producing fantasy or not producing fantasy efficiency, but overall rushing efficiency. And some of these guys, it's just been a little tough to pick week to week. Um, one word answer from both of you, Kyle Pitts in the circle of trust. Dalton, start with you. No, I wish <laughs> Marvin Kyle Pitts circle of trust. Not yet. It's getting there, but uh, man, it's just been too inconsistent over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> oh boy, uh, I'm gonna chance him in my dynasty league that I've got him in, where I like I got that one week right with the uh, Taysom Hill when uh, when as like a replacement tight end, and then every other week I've guessed it wrong. So uh, that'll be a fun journey for me. Let's move on to the next. You know, game. for what it's worth, he showed up crazy low in our 538 thing we were talking about as far as getting open. I just yeah. I quickly looked at that and he, he was like dramatically looked bad for that metric for what I don't know that surprised me and it's probably probably meaningless and small sample and all that but that was one thing that was that stuck out to me I actually would recommend a great video people check out uh Brett Coleman's YouTube channel he does a great um you know, a lot of great film breakdowns I was watching his video on Kyle Pitts yesterday uh while in the home gym and he does a great job breaking out uh, breaking down actually a great concept I, I will I promise I won't go too deep on here but just the concept of like why bootlegs aren't like designed boots and rollouts and stuff for quarterbacks why those aren't as efficient as they were four or five years ago um because it, a lot of the same stuff that we railed on Matt Canada and the Steelers offense yesterday Dalton how um, the NFL has changed like defenses have changed uh, from where we were at four or five years ago uh, so great stuff on that overall and he, he talked a lot basically the whole video is about Kyle Pitts and why he's not producing and all the factors there so we we'll definitely go and check that out in kind of conjunction with that stat that you talked about there Dalton but let's move on to the next game here NFC North battle Packers at Lions another 49 and a half over under Marvin um, the Packers did not make a big deal for a wide receiver at the trade deadline. I'm so shocked. I can't I can't believe it. What a twist. Um, so what does that mean for the guys still left behind uh, on this Green Bay roster? You know, I think it means Romeo Dobbs second half season. Let's go. He's going to he might just be their guy at this point with Watson struggling with injuries. We'll see if Lazard suits up. But um, an interesting uh, fact about um, the Lions defense, the teams have averaged the highest a dot against them over the the entire season so far Lions defense has allowed the highest net yards per attempt and we saw here dubs coming off his best game so far you know he has he had the second highest target share of this of the season for him 24.1 percent season high 55.6 percent of the air yards which is absolutely absurd I mean when they were targeting uh you know hoping for a big play they were targeting him we saw that touchdown anyways and some of those longer receptions I mean that's his game and and so in this matchup, I think he's someone you, who you can start and, and trust as a flex option, potentially even wide receiver, too. Yeah, I like that call a lot. Um, Romeo Dobbs, not like a great separator at any, or anything like that at this point, but they kind of need to just let him rip downfield a little bit. That You're right. That is his game. Weirdly, like when he was having a lot of success in his first few weeks as a featured asset in that offense, it was mostly on on shorter passes. Like, let's get him open real quick and just sort of start to build that timing and chemistry. But you're right; his best his best plays come when he's down the field in contested situations. And it's just great to see that. And I think everybody expected um, him to be the guy that Rodgers was like hyper focusing on from the when we talked on the Pat McAfee show. Like, we need to start cutting reps or whatever. But he had the highest route participation on the team last week, and that might obviously be due to Alan Lazard, you know, being banged up. He might come back in this game. Uh, obviously, Randall Cobb out, and like you, enough already with Sammy Watkins. Like, you know, we're 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 way past that point. So um, there's a lot of factors at play there, but I do think Romeo Dobbs makes for a good play in this one. Uh, Dalton, who else uh, in this matchup? is a good play in fantasy 
let's talk Amon Ross, St. Brown, who should really benefit from uh, all the injuries. Uh, Detroit, well, TJ Hawkinson getting traded. Uh, Brock Wright might not be available here for tight ends. So if you want a deep sleeper at tight end, James Mitchell, add him in Dynasty as well. But Josh Reynolds is now who are the, Who are those dudes? Who, who, yeah, who are they're the guys? tight ends, on the guys <laughs> replacing uh, Hawkinson. But for, for, for most fantasy uh, managers, Amon Ra, the sun god, is the guy to pay attention to now. Um, DeAndre Swift did return to practice, but he's now questionable to even play. Clearly not going to be 100% if he is there. The, the, the Lions are averaging 3.3 more touchdowns when playing at home this season. So Amon Ra looks like a borderline top five fantasy wideout this week in PPR formats. Uh, Will's up with him. And, you know, all these touchdowns are going to Jamal Williams. Jared Goff, they're really due for some scores through the air. St. Brown actually hasn't led the, the Lions in, in receiving since week two, but I think he's finally healthy, hopefully recovered from that ankle injury with the extra week off dealing with the concussion symptoms. So you got to love him this week, even though the, the Packers admittedly have defended receivers pretty well. Yeah, they have a pretty good pass defense, um, but I think that Jair Alexander is a really good cornerback. I'm not 100% sure about everybody. I mean, Marvin, you're a Packers fan, right? I am, yeah. As, as per the, you know, I mean, rough, rough outdated situation. Outdated Packers uh, jersey. Yeah, the, out- there with Adams. the outdated Devontae <laughs> Adams jersey there. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but what are your kind of thoughts on, on this defense right now? Because they're still struggling from a rushing efficiency standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jair Alexander, good player. I don't uh, don't love how he was like chirping back and forth with Steph Diggs so much in that game when it's like I mean dude you're you're you know you're you're losing and uh, Diggs is having a great game even if it's not on you like I, I don't know pal but anyways what well, like this defense where is it exploitable where can you attack it uh, and where are the weak points here Yeah I definitely think it's they're they're giving up a lot of those big plays and that's just you know the the I guess the the theme of their defense is that they can kind of contain you but they'll eventually break Right. They'll have those big plays. And we saw that with, you know, Gabe Davis didn't really have that game. But Stefan Diggs, I mean, was torturing them left and right. And granted, it wasn't against Jerry Alexander. So I do think the exploitable spot is that, you know, cornerback, that second cornerback, that slot cornerback. If that's not Jair, if they don't move him in there. I, I think, you know, with Amon Ra being moved around, I love that call because I think he'll be, you know, he's a good wide receiver. He'll get open. And so um it, I wouldn't be surprised if there were other wide receivers here. While it's not necessarily the deepest, most talented wide receiver core in Detroit, there, there's there's going to be some big plays there um, outside of Amon Ra too. Yeah, just not 100% like I was sure where they'd go, I guess, Josh Reynolds, etc. But uh, we shall see. Let's move on to the next game here. Dolphins, five-point favorites in Chicago, 45.5 over under. Marvin, I'll start with you again. Justin Fields has been on fire of late. And it seems like the Bears, you know, realize like realize it too. They go out and I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Chase Claypool fan in the world, but they're like, "All right, let's get a receiver in here right now so we can continue to see Justin Fields develop so we know how much to bet on him going forward." Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Justin Fields, honestly, and wrote an article last week for the site and highlighted Justin Fields as, you know, in we're in the midst of that Justin Fields breakout for fantasy and uh, I checked the comments like hours later, and there was just so much hate on Justin Fields. I, I honestly don't get it, but I suppose from a fan. Marvin, let me give you a piece of let me give you a piece of advice. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't read. Never read the comments. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. you're you're writing you're writing for a big site like Yahoo. You don't want to know what's going on in those comments. Okay. R- rookie like, mistake. Your, your Twitter mentions are bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> noted. Noted. But back to Justin Fields. Um, I honestly think he's he could be a QB one the rest of the way, and he's been the QB six. In fantasy points per game since week six, QB3 in rushing share. And that's the key, right? That's all really for fantasy. That's what we care about. And he's only behind Kyler Murray and Josh Allen in that metric. QB3 in air yards per attempt uh, since week six. We, we're seeing here that the more aggressive pass nature when they're passing the ball. It's not, you know, as often as some of the other teams. But when they do, he's throwing it downfield. Um, but the EPA pass per pass attempt is still in the negative there for, for Justin Fields. So there's still room for improvement. But the fact that they're adding Chase Claypool, that they're kind of opening up this offense for him to really, um, you know, run the ball, um, it, it can only mean good things for uh, for his fancy upside. So I'm all in. And I think he has a pretty decent schedule going forward. I'm, I'm fine starting him most weeks. 100%. And, you know, the receivers right now, again, we, they're bringing in Chase Claypool. I have no idea how much they'll play Chase Claypool, like in his first game with the team. But I am really curious to see h- how he's deployed, because I think he's best served as a big slot receiver. I don't think he's physical enough. I don't think he's a good enough route runner to win as the X receiver, despite the fact that, like, from a size standpoint, he would be that guy. But Dalton, like, Darnell Mooney is actually lined up in the slot on 48.5% of his snaps uh, this season. Talk to me about how he projects this week. 
Okay. Well, first, I just want to say that Mooney's such a good example of, uh, of of stats can be misleading. He ranks 11th in target share this year, and Chase Claypool has more targets than him. That that is just a funny stat. I kind of like <laughs> Mooney this week against a, a pass funnel Miami defense with Claypool probably not ready, you know, to play full complement of snap snaps. Um, and Mooney's clearly the number one guy there. But mainly, I just want to piggyback on what Marvin said, and I'm just all in on Justin Fields as well. I ranked him so aggressively this week, sixth. Uh, ahead of Justin Herbert because I wanted to make a statement and how much I, I'm in on on fields moving forward. On pace for more than 900 rushing yards. They're playing. They're using play action more. They figured it out in that mini buy in the 10 days off in, the, in, in Thursday. And yeah, here's a guy with this crazy pedigree and, and he was drafted high for a reason and now he's getting the cheat code done with his legs and fantasy. So what's not to like, man? I, I'm really, when he's doing that in Dallas, you know, when he, pressure right there, it's, 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 it should be, it's notable. Even though he was throwing touchdowns, you know, with the game maybe out of hand, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really in on fields moving forward. I think he's a top 10 fantasy QB, as I said on our pod yesterday. And this week is a great matchup at home and it looks like the weather's going to cooperate from when I last looked. Like there was some scare at first. Uh, the Bears, by the way, play way better defense at home, too. So I'm calling an upset here, too. I think Chicago wins this outright. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, Luke Getze heard uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the boys ripping him up uh, after that Thursday night game against the Washington Commanders. He's like, I don't want that ever again. I'm not trying to get flamed by Fitzpatrick on primetime uh, television. Let me go ahead and change my offense to not be just a straight drop back game and be a little more Justin Fields friendly. Dalton, no 49ers this week. So we can talk about like 49ers East uh, here in the backfield with the with the Miami Dolphins uh, just to give you a little hit of what you need there talking about San Francisco. Cause obviously we know we talked a little bit about the trade yesterday with Jeff Wilson going to Miami and everything like the passing game is just so, so clear in Miami, which is great. Like Tua is, is playing extremely well. We know the two receivers are balling out um, just deep merchants at this point, but the backfield like Raheem Mostert kind of coming off a disappointing game against the lions when people, you know, myself included expected that to be like kind of a smash spot. How do we feel about uh, Mostert coming into this week with Jeff Wilson coming over, but probably not likely to play a huge, huge role right away. I think it's a great start for Mostert this week. As you said, Wilson will probably not play a huge role right away. The bears allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. They're easily the highest run rate against them in the league. So yeah, when, when Mostert's health, you know, no guarantee he'll stay healthy, but uh, when he is, Usually he's productive last week, notwithstanding. So I really like him in this matchup. Yeah, he's here for a good time. Not a long time is Raheem Mostert. So let's enjoy the ride while it's here. Raiders at Jaguars, 48 over under. Marvin, everybody uh, wants to hear about Travis Etienne. You know, I put my rest of season rankings out and that was like the the first the first one I heard about was, okay, Etienne got to be a little bit higher. Um, how do we feel about him in this matchup and going forward rest of the season? Like, is he a top 12 running back is he a top 10 running back is he a top you know get close to kind of like top eight or five or, or what are we doing here with travis Etienne? yeah i think he's in that rb5 to rb10 range and i wouldn't be surprised if he, he ends up finishing closer to that rb5 spot um just because he's been he's always been talented right i mean going back to clemson he he was a great prospect coming out of clemson and it just was a matter of obviously the injuries coming back from that and then the opportunities finally you know being there and and it took a trade for that to happen but here we are over the last two weeks 79.5 percent of the snaps 71.7 percent of the rushing attempts for the whole team 11.3 percent target share which you know it's not necessarily elite target share right it's not Eckler or, or uh, Alvin Kamara but it's enough for RB1 numbers in my opinion and he's been the RB6 in expected fancy points so his volume has him as a top six running back and and really with that, also, he's just been hyper-efficient to 3.8 fancy points above expected per game. That's, you know, that's recipe for RB1 production. And so, you know, I'm all in for uh, the Travis Etienne RB1 experience. And I think that's what we're going to get here, at least for for this game and, and probably for the rest of the season. For the folks that are not familiar with your um, with your column that you're writing for for Yahoo and your work in general, Marvin, can you just give like a quick explainer of the fantasy points, uh, you know, expect, expected model and everything you're doing on the site? Yeah, for sure. So just, you know, a quick recap of that is that expected fantasy points is a breakdown of every, you know, the the total, the value of their total opportunity. So whether it's a target, a rush attempt, you know, those are all valued differently for fantasy purposes and whether they're closer to the end zone, further away, if they're a deep pass or not, all of that, I, I kind of run it through a model and it gets you this expected fantasy points number that gives you an idea of what uh, their their fantasy production should be at average efficiency. 
with their volume, right? And so anything above that would be points above expected. Anything below that is, is points uh, below expected uh, naturally. But we care about that expected fantasy points number because that's usually a signal for sustainable fantasy production. And the fact that Travis Etienne here is is the RB6 over the last two weeks tells you like that could be his his kind of average floor. Now, it, it will obviously fluctuate. It'll have worse weeks and better weeks. But th- with that also comes then that potential upside of being uh, you know, a top three running back. And, and and that's so valuable for fantasy, obviously. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. Everybody should read Marvin's weekly uh, column on yahoosports.com. Obviously, Dalton, another big running back that people would kind of thought had cemented himself in that uh, top five, top eight range is Josh Jacobs. Just an embarrassing, disgusting performance from the Raiders in general last week against the Saints. But uh, you see that this is a spot where Jacobs at least can get right. Yeah, I like Jacobs as a bounce back here and a, a DFS option. He's the Raiders have performed disastrously on the road, but he's actually getting better yards per carry, 5.9 away. There's a real chance Jacksonville's the team sluggish this week coming from just playing a London game where the Raiders, I like buying low after F performances, which we just saw. Then before that last week, Jacobs had totaled 523 yards, six touchdowns over the previous three games. Um, the Jags have actually allowed the third most catches and receiving yards to running back. So I like the, the matchup as well. So expect a big bounce back from Jacobs. How do we feel about the pass catchers in the, is in this matchup too? Because, you know, Christian Kirk has been pretty good throughout the course of the season, but some rockier weeks of late, you know, three catches, 40 yards against the Broncos. He has seven catches for 96 yards against the Giants. Obviously he has four for 24, does get that late touchdown against the Colts. Christian Kirk against this uh, Raiders defense, which is, I mean, not very good. Uh, secondary, especially not very good. This does feel like a week to get Christian Kirk in in the lineups. And and then on the Raiders side, guys, like <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure in the expected fantasy points uh, model, Marvin, like Devontae Adams looks really good. The results haven't quite been quite as, as sexy uh, as, as the process has been for Adams this year. But like everybody else in in Las Vegas, like Hunter Renfro, Toast, Darren Waller, you know, who even knows when he's going to play again. It's just uh, these receivers, I feel like, are are kind of a more murkier situation than either of the two running backs. Yeah, I agree. I I don't know if you can really trust any of these receivers, and, and like you said, it's it's really just Devonte Adams, and 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 that's it. So obviously, if you know if you're trying to bank on these any of these guys, and especially with with um yeah, you know with uh, Darren Waller, I'm not even sure if he's going to be active or not. That's going to be the big one, um, but. Uh, it's hard, like you said, it's hard to trust any of these guys, especially from the Raiders side. I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I have the the guts to play any of them in, in any of my lineups right now. Uh, no, I don't think I do either. But Dalton, I do think this is a good bounce back spot for Christian Kirk. Like the volume is mostly there every single week, and 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 you know the, the results have been a little varying of late, but for the most part, Kirk has been good all year. Yeah, I'm treating him as a top 30 uh, fantasy wideout this week. And I also really like Evan Ingram this week, too. You're starting him uh, in the tight end landscape, too, given his his recent usage. Uh, man, Devontae Adams missed practice again Wednesday, dealing with this illness yeah. that clearly limited him last week. So And uh, Waller may not play. So Jacobs is looking at 30-plus touches this weekend. Yeah, it's a good call mentioning the illness uh, for Devontae Adams. Obviously, that's probably some sort of difference maker there for him. All right, let's move on. Colts at Patriots. 39 and a half over under. Oh boy, the Mac Jones Sam Ellinger shootout. Uh that it should just be super exciting. Uh Marvin, these wide receivers for the Indianapolis Colts with Sam Ellinger. What did you see out of his first start? Yeah, so um I think you mentioned this last week in, in one of the viewer shows that you were just hoping Michael Pittman would get hyper targeted and and he was. But it just didn't translate into a lot of fancy points. He led the team in target share at 39.1%. But the guy we really want to talk about is Alec Pierce where we've kind of seen flashes of him in the past where he's kind of been that big threat. So, you know, for for him specifically, uh, you know, he he had a 52.1% area share, which actually is is close to one of his games from the previous year. And he, so this is kind of a trend. Like, he's that guy for them. He had a nice, you know, deep reception against man coverage, a 47-yard reception, which is always good to see those big plays. Those are what we want. You know, if, if he's not getting the targets, might as well get the big plays in there. And three of his five targets had 20 air yards or more. And so that's that's the game that he plays. Um, Michael Pittman will get some of those shorter targets. But, you know, if you're looking for like a dart throw, you know, granted, it's not the, the best quarterback situation. Pierce might be that guy for you. <laughs> 
I don't feel like Sam Ellinger was that bad. I mean, the mobility no. was cert- like the, the scrambling that didn't turn into what I think a lot of fantasy folks hope for. But I do think he showed enough like and, you know, to Michael Pittman, I talked about this uh, before he gets tackled on the one yard line. He drops a pass on the final drive that really like even Ellinger, you know, is kind of rolling his eyes at that point. Like he really should have caught that one. So, um Michael Pittman, I think, will be fine, but I love I love the Alec Pierce call because the deep usage continued to be there. And Ellinger, like from an arm strength perspective, right now he's probably equal, maybe even slightly better uh, than Matt Ryan. So I think Alec Pierce remains in sort of that like wide receiver four that you can throw out there if you need that big play. Hail Mary, uh, Dalton. Obviously, the backfield is the interesting thing to talk about because they just trade away Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor still not practicing uh, at this point. So it is Deion Jackson time. It is. Ellinger got 8.7 YPA even with that drop last week, so it's certainly competent. And now with Taylor missing practice Thursday, I guess he aggravated that ankle injury. Um, Definitely a risk of missing this game. Deion Jackson was the number one uh, PPR back in week six. You said Hines is gone as well. I don't think Zach Moss is going to be ready for a bunch of touches. So, um, yeah, he secured all 10 targets. So I just expect a, a bunch of dump offs. I know Ellinger didn't target his running back during the first game, but they went extremely run heavy, likely will be playing from behind uh, near touchdown underdogs here. So I think Jackson, even if it's in garbage time or whatever, and it doesn't look pretty, I could see him finishing as a you know a top 15 fantasy back if Taylor does indeed miss this game. Yeah, uh, I like that call a lot. He's a guy that should be like 100% rostered on Yahoo leagues at this point. I'm I'm quite sure he is not so he definitely needs to be up there in terms of rostership um on the on the Patriots side of this guys is it you both can again let's do another one word answer one here is this offense as simple as you play Ramondre Stevenson who by the way Damian Harris not practicing uh today on Thursday is it as simple Marvin as play Ramondre Stevenson play Jacoby Myers probably depending on your receiver rotation and log out is it as simple as that I I'd say so yep it's as easy as that. They, those have been the most reliable pieces on uh, on that offense. So those are the guys you can trust. Yeah, smash Stevenson. I love the 15 targets the last two two weeks with Mac Jones back. I mean, he's totally taken over that passing down role. Nice, sick one-handed catch last week. Highlight reel waiting to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm debating do I rank him, you know, fifth, sixth, or seventh among my backs. He's super high. Love that call. Uh, I would also just tell folks to keep an eye on Tyquan Thornton. You know, Devontae Parker got banged up last week. De- uh, Tyquan Thornton's their, like, speed receiver. He has one catch in each of his last two games, but he did have that kind of eruption game in, um, against the Browns prior to that. So, And that was obviously with, with Bailey Zappi playing, not Mac Jones, so maybe there's something there. But just I don't, you don't even be playing Tyquan Thornton. You don't even necessarily need to be picking him up, but just keep an eye on him uh, as a potential like sleeper. for. It's a great call season. with Parker out and Aguilar. And born seemingly in the doghouse. Yeah, no, he Thornton ran all the routes once Parker left last week. And now with a week of practice, he's a great sleeper. I meant to say it. Good call, Harmon. Oh, thank you, Dalton. I mean, Tyquan Thornton's about as skinny as you, but I do feel um, <laughs> like he I do feel like he could potentially be a down the stretch type of guy uh for the rest of the season. All right, Bills at Jets will stay in the AFC East here. Um, Marvin, oh God, Elijah Moore. Was there anything more? Um this this season for Elijah Moore, man, it's it's killing me. It's killing me because he's he's good. Everybody knows it. The Jets even know it. But what's going on there has just been very uh very disappointing, especially last week when he runs like seven routes or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean when you I you look at his numbers, one target, right, seventeen percent of the snaps. It it's surprising to me that he was not traded. And reports came out that they always planned for him to be a Jet. Which why the heck would you not play him more the week before the trade deadline? If if you're gonna keep him anyways, right? As it just puts them in an awkward situation. Sending a message, baby. They're sending that message. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. It's it's not good for fantasy managers though. And and so, you know, I'm curious to see if they actually play him more this week and how that affects Garrett Wilson, who had his best game of the year, where they really tried to get him involved. You know, used him in motion, tried to get the ball in, in his hands really quickly. Had a season high 57 yards after the catch. Highest fantasy point total since we, his week two breakout. Um, all good things, right? And so as much as I want to trust Garrett Wilson now again, or, you know, probably will take another game or two, I'm I'm curious to see how Elijah Moore will factor in here because he's too talented to just be benched. Uh, but, you know, who knows what they're doing over there at this point. Yeah, Corey Davis didn't practice on um, Wednesday, so keep that in mind. Yeah, Garrett Wilson's so good too, man. Yeah. Um, Garrett Wilson, like, I actually love too 
that they used him, you know, like you mentioned, they used him in motion and all, you know, they're trying to make an effort to get him the ball quickly. But the last couple of weeks, he's played more on the perimeter. And I'm really interested to see if and when, like in a fantasy land where they get, you know, freaking Elijah Moore back involved here, how these dudes line up, Marvin, because um, earlier in the season, they were getting. Garrett Wilson, a lot of those layup routes, especially with um, the the Joe Flacco offense, playing a lot in the slot, and he was great. You know, he's crushing zone coverage, uh, but he can beat press man coverage at an extremely high rate as an outside receiver. So can Elijah Moore, but you know, Garrett Wilson's a little more freakier than Elijah Moore. He's got a little bit more rare movement skills uh, in the open field. Probably better uh, contested catch player as well. I actually think in an ideal situation. Their three receiver set probably could be Garrett Wilson on the outside, Corey Davis when he's healthy on the outside, and Elijah Moore potentially as the slot guy there. And because Elijah Moore can play outside, but like they're having him play pure X receiver stuff, running the most difficult routes on the team. And that's great, but he's also a smaller player. Uh, he can do that stuff. Like maybe you maximize him more by playing him as a speed slot guy, and then everybody's happy. But of course, Dalton, that all comes back to can the quarterback execute? And Got to tell you, after, you know, watching a lot of film on Zach Wilson to, to watching a lot of film on Garrett Wilson is really what I'm doing. I don't feel very great. I don't feel too great about the Zach Wilson experience right now. Yeah, I think it's notable that Mike White surpassed Joe Flacco to be the direct backup to Zach Wilson. I think it's also notable over the last three weeks, the Jets defense has allowed 4.1 yards per play. That's easily the fewest in the NFL. I mean, this defense is coming on. Uh, obviously, we we wish Brees Hall didn't get hurt, but there's still so many interesting pieces here. Maybe I'm way off base with Wilson getting drafted so highly and the leash is super long. Um, but those those interceptions were just egregious last week. And yeah. Mike White, I mean, maybe the defense has figured him out or whatever, but he actually flashed at times. And if you look at his overall stats, you realize that one was just a horrible game against Buffalo, you know, who just does that to every quarterback. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm off base here. But do you think that that means something that he passed Flacco and they have this other the rest of the roster is so so interesting aside from quarterbacks I don't know it's a good question because this team can definitely tell itself like it can win this year I think it's a little bit fool's gold like the the idea should really be like let's develop this roster and let's see if Zach Wilson is the guy by the end of the year well they could tell themselves like hey if we put Mike White in there and he's you know, sort of what he was last year, that gives us a better chance to win than Zach Wilson does. But they've said, like, Zach Wilson is the quarterback and he will remain the quarterback of the New York Jets. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I buy that, right? Like, just as, you know, as they say, we're going to get Elijah Moore more involved. I don't know what to think out of the New York Jets right now. And, you know, I'm not knocking this coaching staff because I think the offense is well-designed. I think it's well-coached. They just... Their quarterback can't run the offense right now at this point. He is, like, a guy that wants to play outside of structure but isn't isn't toolsy enough to play outside of structure. It's kind of similar to Baker Mayfield. I, and I always come back to the boot out of the pocket stuff. Like as soon as he sees pressure in his face, he is out of there. He is out of that pocket and trying to like cut the field in half for himself. But he drifts so damn far back. Like I'm obs- I'm obsessed with this now watching this offense as much as I have. There's no quarterback that drops deeper and makes the throws harder on himself than Zach Wilson. So I don't know, Dalton. I don't know if there is a situation where they turn to Mike White. I don't know how much I think it might make things better, um, but I also don't know how much of that was like like a mirage last year um, with the whole Mike White thing. Wilson's skinny like me, so he just make the may make the decision for them with while suffering another injury. Um, But just the thought of the amount of high stakes leagues in which I burnt a fifth round pick on Elijah Moore is just disgusting. I I finally (laughs) dropped him this week. It's just it's gross, man. Wow, I was off on that call to say the least. I mean, he's getting. He's getting uh, uh, Denzel Mims is playing over him. That was an embarrassing call to be in on Elijah Moore this year. Wow, I swung and missed on that one. It has not been good. And I don't think it's any like anything to do with the player. I think just something's gone off there. Uh, so we'll see what happens. On the Let's actually talk about the good offense here uh, for a little bit, guys. The, <laughs> the Bills are playing in this game as well. And Dalton, you mentioned the defense uh, in New York has been extremely good. But this is a defense, especially from like a cover three structural perspective, that has the, the Bills have just filleted in, in a couple of times recently, especially the Steph Diggs to Josh Allen connection. Yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure he will uh, again, and you're going to rank him high and use him, obviously. But Devin Singletary, you know, the Jets are allowing the third fewest yards per play at home this season, and Neam Hines is there now, so I don't know. Maybe that's not necessary. Maybe you're loaded enough at running back you'd consider sitting him in this matchup, but probably not. 
Yeah, that's a good call. Hey, G- uh, Gabe Davis, let's get it. Well, actually, let's ask an unbiased observer <laughs> here. Since uh, Marvin Dalton and I have a, a a lot of riding on Gabe Davis versus Mike Evans, um, there's been times where Dalton comes in here, you know, thumping his chest, victory lapping after big Gabe Davis uh, weeks, and then there's times where I come in uh, doing the opposite during when uh, when Gabe Davis does the opposite. So. Where we? How do you feel about Gabe Davis in this one? You know, there's the p- explosive potential, but there is the low floor that's presented itself too. Yeah, I think you know, you you have to start him, right? That's just uh, that's just the nature of Gabe Davis is that you have that low floor, but he's kind of that nitro button in your lineup, right? He'll get you those thirty points. He has that upside, and and so, uh, you know, he's not necessarily the you know, tr- to be truthfully honest, he's not the wide receiver I'd prefer to target in my drafts, just because I prefer that higher floor and that target share. So obviously the, the polar opposite of that is Stefan Diggs, which, you know, of course everyone wants him, but um, Gabe Davis, it will be just fine here. And, and, and the thing is you can't sit him because he'll obviously have uh, he'll, if he yeah. has 30 points on your bench, that's not, you know, that you don't want that either. So he'll be in there. He'll, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he, this was the week where he had another one of those 50 yard touchdowns. Cause he didn't have it last week. So he's, he's due for one here at some point. So uh, put him in there, um, live with the low games, but the, the high games are, are um, obviously going to win you some weeks. Dude, Gabe Davis set his season high with seven targets last week. There has been no victory lapping here. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Trending up. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that I can tell when Dalton's going to when he's going to talk before me cuz he's like sitting back in his chair as Marvin's <laughs> like, talking and he's yeah, and then he boom pops right back up. <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we'll preview the rest of this mysterious week 9 slate. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the 3 presented by BMW gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, next game up here, guys. We're back. Panthers at Bengals. Marvin, oh, man, like some some receivers, they don't get saved, but DJ Moore has been saved by P.J. Walker, and it's a great thing to see, especially coming into this week because the Bengals, they've got a lot of uh, questions in the secondary now with Jadovi Uze out for the season, torn ACL. They're playing like some some rookies back there. Eli Apple's been banged up and might you – know, you know, Eli Apple's always an inconsistent player, so, I mean, it's a good time to be in the DJ Moore business right now. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, he's been quietly consistent from a target share standpoint, has had a 20% target share every week this this year, just hasn't really translated into much. Hasn't felt like it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that's that's what happens when you have Baker Mayfield, a quarterback. But uh, what I, I was surprised to find is that before week seven, where he, you know, he had his wide receiver one performance, his last top 12 performance was back in week four of the 2021 season. It's been a while for him. And now he's had back-to-back wide receiver one performances since the CMC trade, wide receiver six and expected fancy points, wide receiver two and target share. Now, part of that is also that Hail Mary with all those air yards, that'll, that'll boost your numbers a little bit. But I mean, the target share at 36.8%. I'm I'm going to cut cut in there. I'm not a, like, Hail Mary, Mary. sort of, like... Mm -hmm. I think that he just like whipped that thing down there. Like he hit him in stride. Like if it yeah. was a if it was a Hail Mary, it's the best freaking Hail Mary executed. Yeah, it looked good. Like it was it like PJ Walker's got a a hose, bro. He can he can get that thing down there. Yeah. He's not bad. And 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 that's you know, that's probably what DJ Moore needs at this point. Just pepper him with targets, you know, target him downfield. He ha- he's I mean, he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. He just needs a quarterback. And, you know, if P.J. Walker, uh, you know, keeps things afloat until they finally find their solution, whenever that might be, I'm all for it. So uh, D.J. Moore, wide receiver one season, I think it's, you know, that might be a little generous, but I think he'll have those weeks and it might have that wide receiver two floor uh, most of the time anyways. Don, I know you want to talk about the backfield, but before you do that, just real quick, um, D.J. Moore weekly rankings, rest of season rankings, where are we at now at this point? DJ Moore leads the NFL in air yardage share over the last month uh, and over that same time period in first down target share. So uh, borderline top, I mean, top 15 at worst. So, yeah, I mean, treating him as a wide receiver, yeah, borderline wide receiver one moving forward, anywhere from 10 to 15 range type. I would have more. I'm all in. 
Love it. All right, talk to me about the backfield here uh, with Dante Foreman coming off two big, big games. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard's uh, health is is key here. He's practicing in a limited capacity Thursday. If he returns to action, looks like you know a, a timeshare and not a great offense. Probably uh, you know not ideal. But Foreman looks so good. Maybe you're using him anyway. The the real key here is if Hubbard has to sit this one out and you let Foreman go crazy like he did last week when he looked like Derrick Henry. So that's that's the key here is 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 Hubbard's availability because you're gonna get a possible you know top ten fantasy back if he's not. Yeah, um, I know that Hubbard is like kind of better, theoretically better on passing downs, but like Foreman's just a way better back. Like let's and let's keep the Don Foreman experience going, regardless of Chuba Hubbard. Like you're trying to find some things, Panther Panthers. That's something you can find right there. Um, Bengals, pretty simple. I don't know that we needed a bunch of analysis on on the Cincinnati Bengals. Like you start T Higgins, you start Tyler Boyd, you you probably start Joe Burrow in this matchup, and like. It would be nice if the all the great use I'm, Marvin again to bring back to your expected points. Uh, I'm sure Joe Mixon looks awesome in the expected points, and it's not <laughs> been so great fantasy. Like like let's hope I guess that this is the week it turns around. Yeah, he's he's been great. I'm looking it up right now. He's the RB so he's RB 19 in points per game, which obviously he's had his down weeks, but he's the RB two in expected fantasy points. That's a huge gap of what he could be versus what he is right now, and and. Um, obviously he's being used in the passing game. He's, he's their primary rusher. I mean, the workload is there, you know, Alvin Kamara is actually a perfect example of this, where he's kind of had those down games earlier in the week in this season, but was always, he's the RB one right now in expected fantasy points. He always was up there, but that regression eventually hit. He had his big game. I think it's going to happen for Joe Mixon at some point. And, uh, you know, um, why not this game? Why not this game? I think, um, he's going to have that big game at some point here. Love it. All right, let's move on to uh, the next game here. Vikings at Commanders. Uh, Marvin, the backfield in, on on this team, you know, J.D. McKissick, by the way, not practicing. And we're coming off a big uh, Antonio Gibson week, especially in the receiving game. Yeah, you know, I, I might actually prefer Antonio Gibson than than uh, Brian Robinson in some of these matchups yeah. coming up. I, it, I was surprised to find that Antonio Gibson over the last three games, ever since Brian Robinson became the starter, he actually has a higher expected fantasy value per game than Brian Robinson. And that's just simply the fact that he's getting the targets, right? He's RB6 in target share in that time span at 17.9%. Behind only some of the elite receiver uh, receivers at running back in Camara, CMC, Eckler, Ramondre. I mean, these are good guys to, you know, to sit right behind here in, in target share. And so with that, I do think he is a flex option most weeks. And, and, I would have never thought that losing that starting job would actually, you know, provide that boost in fancy value. But here we are. I think he's he's just fine as a flex option going forward. Yeah, I think we're definitely in that range. And I was kind of like, okay, Ron, when you know he said after the Thursday night game, I think it was again against the Chicago Bears that game, he was like. Oh, we didn't get Antonio Gibson enough involved. I'm like, oh, that's lip service. You've been trying to bench this dude for like two years. But then it's kind of turned around here of late, especially in the Taylor Heineke experience. And like Brian Robinson, I know nobody wants to like talk bad about Brian Robinson, given what he, <laughs> he survived being shot. Like he's back playing after that. But like he's definitely a very limited grinder back. And I think Antonio Gibson offers them more dynamism there. So uh, I like that call a lot there. Uh, Dalton on the Vikings side. Um, you know, we you know they trade for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, there's no more Irv Smith. But Justin Jefferson, man, like it's a little weird that he hasn't scored a receiving touchdown since week one. It is uh, not a ton to add here. Just that. Exactly. He's due to score a touchdown. Hasn't since week one. Washington's allowed ninth most fantasy points to receivers. I would like to add, I, I did rank uh, Gibson ahead of Brian Robinson this week for sure. Yeah, it's uh, interesting how that's gone back and forth. But yeah, we talked about uh, Minnesota last pod. Kirk Cousins disappointing YPA. Will the addition of Hawk help? Will maybe, you know, the further along in the new playbook help him as well, too? But um, but yeah, Jefferson's ready to explode. I moved him to my wide receiver one for this week, you know, with so so many teams on by. Felt like he uh he he's who I settled with as my top wide out for the week. All I care about in the world in this game is the Vikings defense just don't embarrass ODU's finest Taylor Heineke we need him in the lineup as long as possible for all of my Terry McLaurin propaganda okay keep keep Taylor Heineke safe don't embarrass him let's just keep we need to keep him on the field I don't need to hear about Sam Howell certainly don't need to be hearing about Carson Wentz we need Taylor Heineke on the MF and field for the Washington Commanders okay so Vikings defense lay off ODU's finest keep him keep you know let's let's, let's keep this thing on the track here at this point NFC West 
Seahawks at Cardinals. Um, we, there's been a lot of discussion about DeAndre Hopkins usage, Marvin. Uh, how are you feeling walking into this week? Man, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I, you know, for those that, that held on to DeAndre Hopkins through his suspension, um, I mean, you might just have a league winner here, to be honest, where you have him over the last, you know, couple games, obviously very, very small sample size. Some of this will come down a little bit, but wide receiver one in target share, wide receiver one air yard share at 58.1%, which is unreal. That's going to come down a little bit, but that's still impressive. <laughs> wide receiver one in expected fancy points at 19.7. He's wide receiver one by pretty big margin here. And and so when you're when you're thinking about, you know, what this offense could look like, it's just unfortunate that Marquise Brown went down, who was on an absolute tear himself, right? But this offense could look a lot better when both are healthy. But for now, Hopkins is the guy you know, there's that connection with Kyler Murray over the last couple of years, and it's just going to translate into fancy production. And um, yeah, you know, start him. Obviously, it's a no brainer, but man, you can feel so confident in, in him being an elite wide receiver one going forward. Yeah, and like the slot stuff was cool. That first matchup, it just is a nice credit to Cliff Kingsbury that he can actually be creative, stuff like that. But we do want Hopkins on the perimeter, Rondale Moore uh, in the slot. Like that's the ideal uh, situation. Hopefully, it's like not one of those, oh, just some random game, like, they're going to put Hopkins in the slot and that's going to completely ice out Rondo more, but that is certainly possible that that can, that can happen, but it's just a good credit. It's a good offensive coaching and it's good for Deandre Hopkins. who I think has like game that will age really well because he's a good route runner. He's, he's better at separating and getting open than people give him credit for, but really we know he wins on technique. He wins on route running and he wins uh, in contested situations. So I feel like it's just all good news for Deandre Hopkins the rest of the way. Uh, Dalton on the other side of this here. Um, how do we feel? last time? I think th these two teams have played each other already. Last time it was like expected to be a big DK Metcalf game, expected to be a big Tyler Lockett game. Didn't really come to fruition there. First of all, I was debating Hopkins for my number one receiver of the week. Love everything Marvin mm. said there. He leads the NFL in air yards per game since returning. Uh, this is one of the highest over-unders of the week. Seattle's defense, though, it must be noted, has been so, so improved over the last yes. month. And speaking of surprisingly good defenses, Arizona's held uh, fantasy opponents or real-life opponents. Uh, wide receiver ones by far the, the, the lowest this year. They've been the toughest for that. Now, I don't know if that what that means moving forward, especially this week. I mean, are you going to fade Metcalf and DF? because of it it's unclear how healthy both Metcalf and Lockett are it's crazy that they both played I expected both to sit out last week especially with Lockett dealing with an oblique injury as well what an up and down game for him but um yeah just worth noting that Arizona has defended wide receiver ones by far the best in the league if you're making DFS decisions obviously uh in in your normal league you're, you're playing Metcalf yeah, for sure. I think Arizona is one of those teams that has like a big disparity between cornerback one to cornerback two. Like Byron Murphy's a pretty good player at cornerback one, but then the rest of the guys like they're pretty questionable there. So I think that might be part of the explanation. Uh, let's move on here to Rams at Buccaneers. Uh, the disappointment bowl, I guess you could call it. Uh, Marvin, on the Bucks side of this, is this the you say here it's it's you're excited for Godwin to finally have his big breakout game. Is this the week? for Chris Godwin to turn all those juicy targets and all those, I'm sure, again, the expected point metrics. Is this finally going to be the week he puts it in the box score? <laughs> you know, I, I certainly think it, it might be with, obviously, with Mike Evans, you know, garnering a lot of that attention anyways. You know, this is just the game that, that Godwin plays, right? He's that, he, he has the talent to be a lead wide receiver, but he doesn't have to be necessarily in this offense. And, uh, you know, in, since week six, right, he's been the wide receiver eight in target share, 12.3 opportunities per game. They kind of mix in a couple rush attempts in there, if I remember right. Uh, you know, not necessarily valuable. It's the targets we want anyways, but he's averaged 4.5 fancy points below expected in that time span. That tells you that something's going to happen. He's getting the volume. He should be scoring more points. And I think he'll have to find the end zone eventually, right? I mean, we talk about regression all the time. A lot of that happens with touchdowns when you're getting all these targets and just not finding the end zone. Um, now, granted, this isn't the same Buccaneers offense in, you know, in years past, but I, I still think Godwin is, is still a very safe play. Uh, but, you know, if he gets that touchdown with the volume that he's getting, he'll get you a wide receiver one performance you know, one of these weeks. And I do think it might be this week. Yeah, and the Rams, they're the only team that have played zone coverage on more than 90% of their defensive snaps. Like, they are a 
the, mo- the most extreme zone heavy defense in the NFL. And that does seem to line up for Chris Godwin, who um, I know from like a yards standpoint has a, a pretty, he could beat man coverage. He could beat press coverage, but he has a pretty high split in terms of, um, you know, I think yards per route run against uh, zone coverage. Historically, I, I think a lot of that is because he's a slot player. Tom Brady will just, you know, feed you as the slot guy against zone coverage. So it does line up too from like an actual strategic standpoint there with Chris Godwin. Of course, uh, Dalton, I'm I'm only interested in Mike Evans and how much he can dunk on you on the other side of things. But talk to me about the Rams passing game with uh, Cooper Cup, the great Cooper Cup, you know, potentially on the injury report here. Yeah, of course, it makes it tougher with the being a later afternoon start, one of just two, just horrible scheduling by the NFL, very frustrating. Um, so we may not know his status. I mean, he's missing time. He has tissue swelling in that ankle that was just the most frustrating injury of the season by far. He should not have been in the game. So it's something to pay attention to because the Rams cannot run no matter who plays quarterback. Allen Robinson, unfortunately, is washed. So Higby's going to get a million targets. <sighs> Um, and I was wrong with them too, right there with you. And Van, so Van Jefferson or Ben Skorenik is going to be like a, a fantasy sleeper this week. I'm not sure which Bro. one. What? Allen Robinson is, is, is the, is the sleeper pick. He's the beneficiary. Okay. Talk, yeah. Right. Come on. Right. Ben, Ben Skoranek. <laughs> Van Jefferson goes out there and gets zero, zero targets. Runner wind sprints. He joined, he, they took Allen Robinson out of the cardio club and they put Van Jefferson right in the cardio club. Like that's, that's what this offense is at this point. Look, Robinson, I think has leveled off a little bit. Like he's looked good. The last couple, especially like, I know we're five for 54. That's what we're getting excited about with Allen Robinson at this point, but he actually looks pretty good. These last two games Panthers by 49ers like these two games have he's looked pretty good like I don't think he's washed there's just a lot of problems with this offense beyond Allen Robinson so I mean, show, show Allen Robinson a little respect you can put him in the sleeper column before you can put these other two balls I mean hey, t- this is how this is how bad it is with Allen Robinson is it it's like oh he's a sleeper at this point like it, it shouldn't be this way <laughs> Yeah, you're not you're not buying my Skoranek uh, Alpha take. That that's fair. Um, no, I will throw something. <laughs> I will I will throw something else at you in here. Um, uh, even though the game script may help uh, the Bucks, but um, I I'm gonna throw Leonard Fournette in my bus column this week. Everyone's mm. favorite column to let me know how they feel about uh, that. But he's getting 2.9 yards per carry at home, only averaging 11 touches over the last two weeks. Uh, the Rams have pretty much shut down running backs. And if you look at their season stats, even that's misleading. They've weirdly had to face Christian McCaffrey in back-to-back games. I've uh, not allowed a, a fantasy back to reach 15 fantasy points other than CMC. Fournette is like toward the very bottom of the league. If you scroll rush yards over expectation, Rashad White, you figure to get more and more looks. So um, I don't love Fournette, even though Tampa Bay, maybe, you know, the game script may really help him here. But the receivers are getting healthier too. You know, Godwin's going to get his and, and Evans. So maybe fewer targets for Fournette too. So um I'm I'm yeah, fading Fournette this week. Yeah, I like that call. And uh yeah, anytime I can double, triple, quadruple down on Allen Robinson uh in the year 2022, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and do it. <laughs> so uh Dalton and I are, are taking big swings in this game. Uh let's move on to the primetime games here. Sunday night football, Titans at Chiefs. Uh Marvin, I will start with you on this one. The Chiefs wide receiver core has been a little hit or miss all year, but one guy is starting to look like a, a you know, pretty promising pick in fantasy. For sure, yeah. So Juju um, has been one of the most efficient fantasy wide receivers over the last two weeks where he's wide receiver five in fantasy points per game, averaging an absurd 11.5 fantasy points over expected per game, which is nuts. I mean, you know, part of that will have to regress a little bit. Uh, the concern with me still, and this has been kind of a trend for him all season, is that he obviously gets some of those shorter the shorter targets and, and he'll rely on yards after the catch, which, you know, truthfully, my model just doesn't like that as much. That's why he's wide receiver 30 and expected fantasy points in that time span, 18.8% target share. But the thing is, it's been encouraging, at least this last game, we did see an improvement in some of where that volume is coming from, that some deeper targets. And at the same time with him, he plays with Pat Mahomes. It's the same thing with Gabe Davis, right? You, if he was on a different offense, you'd say, well, yeah, you know, that 15% target share. No, I don't want that in a Jets offense. But if it's the Bills or if it's the the you know the Kansas City Chiefs, you'll take that because at any point they can, you know, you know, break out this this game wide open and, and have, you know, two, three touchdowns um at any, you know, in a quarter. Um so you want to have a part of that. And and so Juju is obviously in your lineup. I think it's encouraging at least to see what we've um some of that improvement in fantasy production over the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think Juju can still be kind of like a low end wide receiver too. He just, as long as the role stays secure and as long as he's out mm -hmm. there with Pat Mahomes, that is really all that matters. I'm interested to see yeah. how they mix in Kadarius Tony uh, in this game. It sounds like yeah. they're going to. He's magically healthy uh, now that he's no longer with the New York Giants. <laughs> that should be fun. Marvin, what is your what's your Kadarius Tony take? Because I I ask everybody that comes on the show. I mean, you know, I I don't know if I can expect all too much from him, but if if you know, we obviously saw last last year there was that flashes of of just like elite efficiency, right? I mean, and that's yeah. that's that's something. And and so if he's healthy, if he's out there, I think it might take a while for him to to um, really you know get up to speed. But if he's out there, I think he's got the talent to be that guy. And and for me, man, it's just so sad that we can't see Sky Moore even get like an opportunity, I man. Know. It's been <laughs> he's he was a, a decent prospect in second round draft capital and now they're the kind of bring in someone else. But you know, we'll see what happens. Anything can happen in the second half and you know obviously for dynasty purposes though it, it hurts him too. Yeah, he's gonna have to be a twenty twenty three guy and he'll be I, I I'm not looking forward to like the dynasty debates on uh on Sky Moore <laughs> oh, in the offseason, oh, yeah. you know, the the face planter stuff, all of that. Well <laughs> oh boy, it'll it'll be fun. Uh, I can't yeah. can't wait yep. to spend my summer doing that. Can't can't wait. All right, let's uh <laughs> talk about the other side of this here, um, Dalton. And it, it's probably the most like simple team to talk about the Tennessee Titans because it's just Derrick Henry. Nothing. I mean, you, you're like the question is Ryan Tannehill's health, but even if Ryan Tannehill's healthy, Dalton, like does it does it even really matter? So I added Kansas City's defense uh, everywhere I could when they were available in many places because they just had a bye. Yeah, Andy Reid coming off a bye, 12 and a half point favorites against Ooh, the Titans. Yeah. The Titans offense It's either going to be starting a badly compromised Ryan Tannehill, who's immobile, or Malik Willis, who attempted one pass last week. I mean, they're not going to benefit from that. <laughs> in sorry, the sorry, one, in the second yeah, half. Yeah, sorry, yeah. one second half pass last week. Um, and look, you know, it's the most raw passer in the league right now. Uh, love him for fantasy, but that's just because of the rushing. It could get ugly with an opposite game script of last week. You know, they just played a Houston team that couldn't stop the run, even though they knew it was coming. Uh, Chiefs, by the way, top 10 in pressure rate, their defense. So I, whether it's Tannehill or Willis, um, I like the Chiefs as a fantasy D this week, and 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 then conversely, it's a uh, the, the Titans have shut down all all running backs, so uh, you know it's tough to, to you know to go the Pacheco or Ceh route there. So expect a big game from the passing attack from the Chiefs, and then and, and defensively as well. Yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to see like if, if Malik Willis plays, like can he give us anything? Because even even the rushing wasn't there really. Which oh, no, why no. why yeah. bother when you can just hand it to Derrick Henry over and over and over again? But they probably oh can't by get the away way that. he's hurt too. He's playing with his foot yeah. injury and he's hurt. I mean this could get ugly. Uh yeah yeah yeah. Yes. Andy Reid coming off a bye at home in prime time. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah Dontrell Hilliard's another guy that like we talked about him with the, on the waiver show with Andy earlier this week that like, you know, you might want to think about him as a potential stash just in case anything ever happens with Derrick Henry, you know, and, and obviously the miles add up and everything age wise, career arc wise with Derrick Henry. Like, my God, you know, I don't want anything to happen to Derrick Henry. Love Derrick Henry. But just in case, keep keep Dontrell Hilliard uh, on your waiver wire speed dial. Last game here. Ravens at Saints, 48 over under. Marvin, I love love the guy you're highlighting here for this game. Yeah, Isaiah Likely, I mean, he has just been honestly impressive. I mean, he was what, the the preseason MVP, right? I mean, he was just oh, yeah. lighting it up, right? Uh, but this past week, I mean, on a 67% snap share, he had a 20.6% target share. So it's not even on all the snaps. 30.9% air yard share. Those numbers are essentially Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey level of volume right there with the, you know, the 20s target share, the air yard share up in the 30s. I mean, that's that's what, you know, what his upside could be. And and obviously he just slots right in as the Mark Andrews replacement. I love what we've seen from him, obviously. And, and he's been a good receiver even back in college. And so this is uh, he's a guy that you need to roster even if you don't have Mark Andrews. But you know, if you do, you definitely need to get him in there because he'll be a tight end one most likely and makes it a little tougher. Hopefully Mark Andrews can play. But, you know, with the Monday night game, it just you know kind of limits your options, too. Yeah, really frustrating with the Monday night thing. Um, you're going to have to kind of read the tea leaves. He did not practice on Thursday. Um, yeah, I would get it if you didn't want to, like, risk that because. I mean, I guess I guess you can you can add, add Taysom Hill for this game too, like as another <laughs> potential uh, replacement if you have Mark Andrews. Although I feel like Taysom Hill's probably pretty decently rostered. Eighty-one percent route participation for Isaiah Likely, really, really good last week. I feel like even honestly, if Mark if Mark Andrews plays, 
I think Isaiah likely could still be a sleeper at the tight end spot, uh, regardless. And, you know, everybody's hurting for tight ends. We've got six teams on by. We barely have like 12 tight ends with a pulse we can play in fantasy anyways. <laughs> like, I think Isaiah likely makes us, makes sense regardless there. Um, Dalton, I, I, you know, we know we're not going to get Rashad Bateman in this game. That's a huge bummer. Devin Duvernay pops. He pops up every now and again. I like Duvernay as a potential sleeper in this game as well as like a speed slot design touches guy. But man, things are. Things are kind of crumbling around Lamar right now, rest of season. Yeah, I want a, temp a temperature check on your guys' uh, thoughts on Lamar's rest of season value. Five touchdowns over the last five games after that hot start. Bateman's not coming back anytime soon. Andrews is banged up. He is still running. Um, I mean, obviously, he's still a top 10 fantasy QB, but are we? would you prefer a Tua tag? Tua, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Tunga Viola, did I get it right? Um, Close, over yeah, him. But uh or uh or even our guy Justin Fields you may think that's crazy uh, maybe I am crazy but uh I think there's like a, a greater chance that Fields has possibly has more fantasy value than Lamar Jackson over the rest of this season am I uh, off my rocker I'll let you answer Marvin but it is an interesting point that like to bring up Fields in this because they're both running and like if Mark Andrews is hurt and Rashad Bateman is hurt Who's got a better supporting cast right now, Justin Fields or <laughs> and you know like they're doing the they're doing the old dusty running back shuffle again with the Kenyon Drake like Gus Edwards is banged freaking Gus Edwards is banged up it's like Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill and these these boys in the backfield like who's got a and there's still offensive line questions for Baltimore too so like who's got a better supporting cast right now like the Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool or like Demarcus Robinson and Devin Duvernay like that's what we're talking about here with the, with with their Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I was going to say, you take away Mark Andrews and you basically have the Chicago Bears right there with, uh, you know, a rushing quarterback and, and not much to throw to. So, yeah, I mean, I echo the uh, those sentiments, Dalton. I just don't know if you can really expect that same ceiling that we saw in the first three weeks now with Rashad Bateman gone. We've seen the numbers that he's just not quite as good with Rashad Bateman out. And, and Bateman might not necessarily pop from a fantasy standpoint, but from a real-life standpoint, he matters for that offense so tremendously. And not having him in there... It hurts what they want to do, what they probably plan to do entering the season. And so I think you got to lower him a little bit where, honestly, I I don't hate the call of, of taking Justin Fields over uh, Lamar Jackson, especially if the matchup is favorable. Because he misses Hollywood, too. You know, they didn't really address yeah. that either. I mean, they just expected yeah. Bateman to step right in. Over those last five games, when I say the touchdowns have been down, 6.0 YPA on the season, a career low YPA, 7.0 for, for Lamar. I mean, I think this is a real, a real, again, he's going to be a top 10 fantasy QB because of his rushing. But um, I was really bullish on him. I had him third, you know, entering the season. Um, but I don't, I, I would prefer those, a, a few other guys, uh, given the, the, the injuries in Baltimore right now. I'm not sure what breaks my heart more about this season. Uh, Rashad Bateman's foot, Elijah Moore's like feud with the Jets and and all that, or Dalton immediately like casting Allen Robinson aside as the sleeper and being like, oh, it's got to be Ben Skoranek. I say all this and Ben Skoranek <laughs> is totally is totally getting in the box this week. If if there's no Cooper Cup, he's 100% scoring a touchdown and he's going to make me look like an idiot. Um, but just before we get out of here, let's talk about the Saints. You know, Dalton, you and I talked about how concentrated this offense is at this point. Like, it's Chris Olave and it's it's Alvin Kamara and that's literally all we care about in fantasy. Obviously, I keep mentioning Taysom Hill. If you're desperate at tight end, you can you can do that dance. But uh, Marvin Saints offense right now is looking much easier to project at least for fantasy uh, with Andy Dalton back there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of talked about the guy that that I wrote about in my article that's coming out uh, should be out by the time listeners you know hear this. And I highlighted Chris Olave as a guy that you can trust going forward. And and obviously, I just. I you know, love what we've seen from him. Um, wide receiver two from uh, actually borderline wide receiver one from an expected fantasy points, you know, from in that metric. And he's he's kind of underperformed with that, but the volume has been there for him. And, and you know, he, I think you tweeted this out that it's not just easy routes that he's running. He's yeah. running complicated routes out there and he's succeeding with it. And, and you know, from a rookie wide receiver He's currently have he currently has a higher target share in area share than Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle in their rookie seasons. That just shows you like he is a good wide receiver. He's historically a, a pretty good wide receiver from you know from the past couple classes that we've seen. Um, and, and so uh, you know plug him in there as your wide receiver too. I like him and and I don't think you even need to debate whether you know uh, plug him in or not. He's he's in there. He should be. 
Oh, it's just a shame he didn't declare early. He really could have been good. Uh, oh, my Chris gosh, Olave. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Chris, Chris Olave is that dude, man. I, I shouldn't have yeah. even brought his name up because I could sit here and talk about it for 10 minutes. And, yeah, you're right. Like, the legit big boy NFL routes are having him run. It's so impressive what he's doing right now. Uh, but, Marvin, you and I are going to talk more about Chris Olave, I believe, on Sunday morning on FFL. So everybody should definitely yeah. make sure to check that out. Make sure you check out Marvin's uh, expected fantasy points column on yahoosports.com the website also while you're there make sure you check out uh, Dalton's start sit column that he busts his ass to do every single week I know that is a big uh, big one that you pump out there Dalton so I, I so sorry for taking you on two podcasts this week but the people need more Dalton they need more flamethrower takes pal so that's on you for being so great appreciate that thanks Armin all right, that is going to do it for us. You can follow Marvin on Twitter at FF underscore Marvin E, a fellow underscore bro. Love to see it. You can follow Dalton at Dalton Del Don. You can also follow me if you want to at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And if you don't feel like following all three of us, I mean, come on, I, I get it. Two of the three, at least, at least follow Marvin and Dalton. You just follow at Yahoo Fantasy and they'll retweet our very few good tweets into your timeline if and when we have them. As always, the great Scott Pianowski will be back with me on Monday morning with a recap of this week's games. Until then, we're out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.